0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Adventures in Isochronology, where we watch the Ecclesia wake up from her history in real time. Gentlemen, welcome to ha-ha, Adventures in Isochronology. It's going to be with you this week. We are your hosts Ben Lawrence and Matthew Miller. I think this uh, time we're going to delve ever deeper into Genesis. We're going to pick up with the next chapter. I don't know as to whether or how far we can go, but we're certainly going to try. So, um, Ben, your opening comments and uh, initial diatribe.
1: Hey, it's good to be with everybody. Uh, really excited to be looking at this chapter, but just as you said, uh, I have a feeling we will be here for a bit of time. There's just there's just so much to unpack, and um, as an aside, you know, uh, I this has really been a great weekend for me. Um, as I'm sure many people know, uh, uh, in Ethiopia, uh, Christmas is in January and we had to put off our Christmas party and we just uh, we just had it. And um, last night, I my house was full of people from, you know, all over the world. Um, I had people from Vietnam. I had people from Syria, Iran, uh, Pakistan, India, uh, the United States. We we had people from um uh, all over the globe and uh, all different faiths and the things that we had in common was just, uh, was just amazing. Uh, it was truly a blessing. So uh, it's with that filter that uh, I'll probably be talking about things tonight.
0: Well, very good. Very good. Um, you know, we should probably just get uh, straight away to the text, shall we? Um I think I'll read this time I think that uh, Ben read last time But we will take up the first eight verses And uh, see what we can see uh, I'm going to be reading out of the New American Standard Bible uh, For those of you who want to follow along Now the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre While he was sitting at the tent door In the heat of the day When he lifted up his eyes and looked behold three men were standing opposite him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, please do not pass your servant by. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a piece of bread that you may refresh yourselves. After that, You may go on, since you have visited your servant. They said, So do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly, prepare three measures of fine flour, knead it, and make bread cakes. Abraham also ran to the herd and took a tender and choice calf and gave it to the servant. And he hurried to prepare it. He took curds and milk and the calf, which had been which he had prepared, and placed it before them. And he was standing by them under the tree, as they ate. Ben, uh,
1: <laughs> that is enough right there for a whole month's worth of shows. Um, way too much there uh, to unpack. Uh, but let's, I guess, let's get started here. A um, couple words stick out to me in the beginning. Um, first and foremost, um, you know, he, he mentions that the, the oaks at, Om, at Mamre, we've talked about the oaks or the plains in previous episodes, so people can, can reference that there. Um, but it says that he ran from the tent door. And we've mentioned this before, that everyone has in their mind that they're expecting a third temple. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a tabernacle that you're going to get. And that word there for tent is the same word for tabernacle, and that is exactly what you should expect. Um, Matter of fact, the first time that that word is used is in Genesis 13 um, here. The next time it is used is in Genesis 31, when Rachel, of course, uh, took the idols from Laban and hid them in the tent. This, of course, was when Jacob was fleeing uh, from his father-in-law. The very next time that you see a reference to this particular word, uh, oh hell, is um, Exodus 26, which is the instructions for the construction of the tabernacle. And then the very next reference is Genesis 33, the chapter right after the golden calf, um, where they're given the command to leave Sinai, and Moses asks to be shown the glory. And he, of course, intercedes uh, for the nation. And then Genesis, uh, I'm sorry, Genesis, I should be saying Exodus 33, then Exodus 36, the actual building of the tabernacle. By the way, that particular chapter makes reference to the restrainer. Um, so, again, we're talking about a night when no good deed can be done. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the, just, this, just this particular word, oh hell, um, we could spend uh, an incredible amount of time on on just that word. Um Genesis um, 39 is the next use of this, I'm sorry, Exodus 39, is the next use of this word, oh hell, and it's a reference to the priestly garments, which should bring your attention to Revelation 19.8, where judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Um, Remember, judgment begins in the house of the Lord, and that's why he went to Abraham first, and we can infer from what transpires between Abraham and the Lord that he had done just what he had been commanded previously. He was walking blamelessly. Um, the next reference to this particular word is Second Samuel six seventeen. That chapter, of course, is all about the return of the ark into Jerusalem, and the exchange between David and Micah in that particular chapter is all the picture as we've talked previously about the. Um, it gives you a picture of. Revelation seven and 14, when it's talking about the 144,000. The next reference uh, to this uh, word, "oh hell," is in 2 Samuel 16:22, when Absalom violates his father's concubines. Um, of course, there's 10. You should be thinking 10 horns. So uh, isochronally, there's just so much leaping out at you from the text. Um, you know starting with reuben took his father's wife and absalom took his father's concubines um you know this this reference this particular word is setting you up in all the right places to what you should be expecting based off of what's getting ready to happen to sodom and gomorrah
0: i would uh strongly agree with that uh you know this is we got to remember what just happened uh, everything's been put into play the promise uh, has been solidified uh, by way of covenant uh, we just went through this that uh, the renaming the ages involved everything's in place and now we get to well the tabernacle uh stating that this is an overt well no i would i would say this this is why there is a tabernacle of David, uh, beyond any shadow of This is this is where the entire idea comes from, and when you realize that, uh, you're able to look forward into the future and see a whole lot more, which is exactly uh, what the entire book of uh, Revelation is about. But not only that, uh, Acts chapter 15. Um, Verse 16, after these things I will return and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David which has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it. Uh, This of course is quoting Amos chapter 9. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you you have to realize what's going on here. Um, No doubt about it that this is the Lord our God. Uh, He comes and goes as he sees fit, and in this strange reference, he comes down to have a look-see. I would state that, uh, no doubt about it, one of these angelic entities was the Exodus angel. Now, I and my son have done a program on what that other angel probably is, who it is. It is the angel of the resurrection, or the resurrection angel. Uh, These two seem to work in concert with each other on more than one occasion. But, ladies and gentlemen, no, no doubt about it that after the sixth seal, and we've been given the wings of an eagle on Operation Eagle's wings, and God does exactly what he states he's going to do in the scripture, which is take us underneath his wings and gather us to him. We are gathered at this restored tabernacle which we just read, why God's doing it. He remembers everything that happened here, and we're going to be going through the same thoughts, just so you know. Um, I'm sure that most of you are wondering that during this 1,260 days, will we be able to uh, bear children? There's going to be lots of strange things going on in that event, but... No one understand this, uh, that obviously this is the reason and the rhyme behind the two witnesses in of themselves. Now we haven't got to that yet, but this is where those thoughts come from. Is because here is where God does, and we know that he chases after what has been. So literally what God is doing with the book of Revelation is explaining to you how he's doing this exact same thing that he did with Abraham, uh, showing up by surprise. And you will take uh, note everything that was stated here, just just absolutely off the charts, everything that's, uh, that's stated here. It's so, so beautiful in the way it's put. You will take note that, uh, well, he was in the tent, Right? He was in the tent, but they were standing up. And he got up, went to them, and bowed. Boy, this is... um, If you're paying attention to what's going on with the earth here, uh, it's mind-blowing, really. Um, The simple fact that these three were erect, he was down, that he went and bowed down to them. Then he gets up and runs. uh, Prophetically speaking, this is when, same exact time, we'll have our hind feet and be able to walk in our high places. Everything... Uh, Just works itself out, jot and tittle here So it's amazing to me that We're reading this Why God is going to do it in the future Because this is where he did it the first time And he likes likes to remember the promise He likes to remember You know When things were perfect And Abraham's spontaneous actions Of course the Lord was just Getting a chuckle out of all this Because he was probably looking at these two angels Saying, yeah this knucklehead told us he'd be right back, but he's run all the way to the field. He's got himself a cow, and now they're fixing it. And the two angels are like, well, I'm kind of hungry. And the Lord probably replied, well, you're going to have to wait because uh, poor Sarah, she she has to bake the bread. So you realize they were there for an extended period of time. They, they were there for quite a while when if you uh, go back, that's not what he said. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a piece of bread that you may refresh yourselves. After that, and the audacity of Abraham. Then you may go. Now, Thames, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. He went and, uh, he done uh, prepared um well, a cow uh, In the meantime, it's not a piece of bread uh, That uh, he's actually bringing It's, well, loaves <laughs> So God is obviously getting a chuckle out of all of this That Abraham never stated the case He never stated the case that you know He didn't run up and bow down and hide his face He never said that And you realize that Abraham was seizing the opportunity of his own ignorance. Now, what should he have done? He should have acted like this was the Lord his God standing in front of him. He talked to him before. You realize he recognized the voice. But Abraham had the wherewithal to not say anything. So, everything here is just, uh, well, it's refreshing, (laughs) as Abraham stated Uh, that you may refresh yourselves reading this is very refreshing seems how we all know that revelation tells us about this isochronal event on a most grandiose scale Ben back to you amen
1: and how about the fact that uh, it says that um, he asked him to enter his rest Um, as we've said from the beginning when we started these episodes that there are specific um, references in the Bible that you need to be looking for when you're trying to line up the actual timeline. Um, This timeline takes place with the Lord being in in a cycle of rest. And that's exactly what you see here. Um, You should have known that. Uh it's all over the New Testament. We talked about in James and Hebrews in previous episodes. You should be expecting that the Lord is in rest, and just as you should be expecting a tabernacle, not a temple. And um how about the fact that there was meat and bread? This is isochronally, this is just like a place that had been prepared for you, is it not? I mean, you're seeing all of the things that um were given to them in the
0: wilderness. Well, that's right. And Ben, let come to grips with what I just said. The reason why those things happened was because the Lord, our God, got a kick out of Abraham. He got a kick out of Abraham. Because the only thing Abraham was required to do was run back, Get the closest, nearest jug of water, which he had, and get the leftovers, Ben. That's all he had to do. He should have been back in under two minutes, right? Yeah. But the leftover bread from the previous meal wasn't good enough. And uh, the simple fact that Abraham told him, you know, now now take your rest, you rest yourselves, this is no reason why they were not allowed to gather the manna on the Sabbath. Because God obviously got a chuckle out of Abraham and was very well pleased with what he did. He went way out of his way, even though, you know, the Lord should have got mad that he took so much time. <laughs> because, you know, the Lord probably said, you know... Not that you said you were going to bring me any steak or anything, but can you please pass the A1 sauce? (laughs) So, this is exciting to me. This is why God does it, because God was pleased with Abraham, and he got a chuckle out of him. And he let a great swath of disrespect be paid to him in ignorance, of course. He knew Abraham didn't know. Until he spoke who it was. I mean, technically, this guy comes running out of his tent toward the Lord. He should have immediately been obliterated. Amen? Amen. So the Lord must have got a chuckle out of him. He was pleased with him. So, man, this guy's a knucklehead. But how can I get mad at Abraham for going way out of his way? He drug Sarah into it. He drags her off the couch or whatever. Make me some bread right now. Uh, he didn't, you know, <laughs> he, he told her, you need out multiple. You, you caught that, right? <laughs> yeah. And Sarah was like, well, what on earth? It's not I just I I just got done cleaning up from lunch. What do you mean? You understand? And it's so beautiful to me and so wondrously amazing that nobody knew this whole time why God did that. In a place that was being prepared for them, day by day, for 40 years. This is why. (laughs) Because he was pleased with Abraham, and he liked it. Ladies and gentlemen, why do you think you... Do you have pictures of your wedding day? No, really. Why do you all have that first photo in the hospital room... With your brand new baby Tell me why Riddle me why Well I'll tell you why The exodus happens The great exodus Will happen It's because God don't need a picture He don't need a picture To remember and be pleased by it again. He can be pleased by it If one thing pleases him Of course he's going to go uh, back And look at the photo right But like I said he don't have to So he does it again And it just keeps getting on a bigger, 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 bigger scale. It's almost like, look, God wanted to celebrate this day. Okay? He wanted to celebrate this day right here. But he liked it so much, the first time he said, man, we'll do this up. So he did it with the whole, the entire Abrahamic seed. Did it with all of them, the whole entire nation of the children of Israel. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you better, you know, pull your bootstraps up. Because the next time, we're going, this thing's going global. Let me say that again. The first time was with Abraham. The second time was, of course, with the Exodus, the whole children of Israel. The third and final time, it's with the children of Israel on a global scale. Because God don't need no picture. And on top of that, he can always trump himself. He just makes it a bigger shindig every time he does it, so he can even be more happier. I mean, it's it's perfectly obvious to me. Ben, back to you.
1: Amen. And, and again, uh, and I apologize for going through that so quickly and uh, the first time I commented, but all of those references... Are exactly to the events that you should be expecting given where we are in the timeline you should be expecting a reference to the restrainer you should be expecting a reference to white robes of righteousness because if you don't have on a a white robe of righteousness um, you can't actually be in his presence Um, all of those references that I mentioned early are all the things that you should be expecting to see here um even some things that you maybe you aren't thinking of um we talk about um people love to talk about the um the desecration of the temple right well isn't that literally what is happening there between uh laban uh and his daughter isn't that exactly what happens when rachel is hiding the idols in the tent i mean let's let's just talk about that for a second Matthew, what would happen if your father-in-law showed up at the front of your house and said, hey, I need you to come outside. Um, your, um, my daughter, your wife, um, stole something out of my house and insisted to come inside and check your house to see if it was in there. How many <laughs> more times would he be allowed to enter your home after he did something like that?
0: Well, he'd never enter my home that time, but you are correct. Uh, he would certainly have the wherewithal to understand he's never coming back to the Miller household because it's not – it is not – it does not bear the name that God gave him. No, 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 no. It bears the name God gave me. It's my tent, and it's not yours, so you don't come and demand anything at my tent. Not anything. And she was your daughter. Past tense. No, 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 no. (laughs) She's my wife. Literally, she's a part of me now. The Lord has fulfilled the promise to me. And my wife is now one flesh with me. So, no, she's not your daughter anymore. God has made her a new creature. So, Uh, beyond any shadow of a doubt uh, that's what should have happened at the time in question but once again uh, God gets a kick out of what does happen even though well boy the details it amazes me how this generation says that the devil is in the details no that's that's akin to a blasphemous thought to me, Ben.
1: Well, again, I, I, I didn't get past the first, uh, I didn't get past the first verse because I mean, just looking, uh, just tracking down, uh, four Hebrew words was, was enough. Uh, uh, there's just, there's just too much in here. Um, you, well, I mean, well just, then, just just what's that?:
0: Well, then just take pause and we covered one, cover the other three. What are you waiting for?
1: Um, how about this uh It mentions the heat of the day. Now that is the Hebrew word there is chom. The first reference that I found to that word is in second Samuel four five, which is all about the death of Ishbosheth let me see if I can find this here second Samuel talk about a prophetic book not that anybody ever talks about it that way but make no mistake second Samuel 4 5 now the sons of Rimon and Berethite Rechab and Bana, set out and about the heat of the day they came to the house of Isposheth as he was taking his noonday rest and they came into the midst of the house as if to get wheat. And they stabbed him in the stomach. Then Rechab and Bana, his brother, escaped. When they came into the house, as he lay on his bed in the afternoon, they struck him and put him to death and beheaded him. They took his head and went by the way of Arabah all night and brought the head of ish to David in Hebron. And they said to the king, Here is the head of Isposeth the son of Saul, your enemy, who sought your life. The Lord has avenged my lord, the king this day, and Saul, and on his offspring. But David answered, Rakab and Banah, his brother, the sons of Rimon, the Barathite, as the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life out of every adversity. When one told me, behold, Saul is dead, and thought he was bringing good news, I seized him and killed him in Ziklag which was the reward I gave him for his news. How much more, when wicked men have killed a righteous man in his own house on his bed, shall I, now, shall I not now require his blood at your hand and destroy you from the earth? And David commanded his young men, and they killed them and cut off their hands and feet and hanged them beside the pool of Hebron. But they took the head of Ishbosheth and buried it in the tomb of Abner at Hebron.
0: Boy oh boy uh, That one's loaded as well um, <laughs> We could do An entire series On these events um, And David Don't have a problem with telling you This is an isochronal event He don't have a problem He looked him dead in the eye and told him You know Have you lost your mind Do you not remember What I did <laughs> Uh so it, it 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 that's what I love about this is because David just takes pause and reminds them that uh that's what I did now and what do you think I'm going to do to you Um so but going back uh going back to Genesis 18 This describes the well I think I've already stated it. This this reminds you that well, um, God obviously knew what was going on, and He obviously knew that Abraham wasn't exactly doing what He told the Lord He was going to do. He was going a whole lot further, no doubt about it. Uh, but while He was taking his, uh, you know, rest in the heat of the day, now we can infer this is the exact opposite of what happened in. Genesis with Adam and Eve, he would come and enjoy them in what? The cool.
1: The cool of the day.
0: That's right. So this is the opposite. (laughs) So it's going way out of its way to tell you that things are physically uncomfortable, right? right? Because for one, do you actually think the Lord needed to take a rest? So he's being completely inconvenienced here. Now, What blows me away is first Abraham inconveniences him, then Sarah decides to, well, add to the situation by inconveniencing him even further, uh, which we haven't got to yet. But that's what makes this so magnificent is that David reminds these murderers that, by the way, you're caught up in an isochronal event, just comes right out and tells them. I mean, to be honest with you, I have no idea what they were thinking to do what they did.
1: Certainly, the legend of, of what had happened the last time, I mean, they should have been scared out of their mind. I mean, why would they dare think think to do such a thing?
0: It. It's beyond me. I mean, but it does make you think of Abraham. What on earth was he thinking? I mean, I know what I would have done. I'd have grabbed the nearest jug. Look, we know how they work the meals in the time in question. Basically, Sarah would have been baking bread three times a day. You and I both know it. He would have snatched up the leftovers and the closest jug of water and ran right back out to him. What was he thinking? I mean, Ben, let's not insult our own intelligences. How long exactly does it take to butcher and, you know, get the pieces cut up, build the fire, and cook it? I mean,
1: it... (laughs) Well, it suggests that he knew what what was going on around him and actually was acting out of fear for what that meant. Uh, because he would have had to have known that um, if the boss is on is in the shop i mean imagine that matthew i mean you've worked in factories before when the big boss comes into town to check on operations um, and you know that you've got some knuckleheads um, that are working over on the far side of the building that tend to sleep in the afternoon (laughs) and then get back to work and you warned them and talked to him a few times, and you know that they're they just there's just no accounting for what they do, but you but you're just trying to be kind to them when that big boss shows up, you're gonna do everything you can to keep him in the office and not actually walking the floor amen
0: exact Exactamundo exact because uh, should he see now? must be honest should he see what is not proper to be seen i e the laborers not laboring his wrath will first come down on you and everybody knows that amen everybody knows that so <laughs> boy that was a loaded question you asked me there
1: it is, but that, I mean, that's literally, I mean, you can't escape that, that that was going on in, in Abrams mind in this. <laughs> that's the whole reason why it, he took so long for this, uh, for this to happen. I mean, you could almost say that he was, he was hoping that if I can just get to twilight, um, we might just get out of this. So, okay. <laughs> okay. And by the way, how about them being inside of a tent in the heat of the day?
0: (laughs) Well, what about it?
1: (laughs) I mean, well, we've talked before. I mean, you know, everyone loves to talk about um, Noah, and um, they love to talk about the curse of of Ham, but the real beauty in that whole diatribe is the Lord tells you plainly that you're going to dwell in the tents of Shem, and that's exactly where you find um Abraham and Sarah.
0: And that's where you're gonna find us.
1: And that's exactly where you're gonna find us.
0: That's exactly I don't care what everybody tells you. I mean, I know that they all have this thing going on that they don't realize that the rapture chapter is Isaiah fourteen. And they all say that um they're gonna, you know, ascend above the heights of the clouds, when the Bible clearly says that you will meet him in the clouds. But somehow they say that <laughs> that after they meet him, he turns right around and goes back to heaven with them. But that's not what's going to happen. Where they're going to go, whether they like it or not, is the tabernacle or the tent of David. Because that tent is no longer in Shams' tent or, or, or Abraham's tent. No, it's in Christ's tent. And Christ is, Christ is not the branch of Jesse. He's the branch of David. He's the root of David. So we're going to David's tent because by saying David, you mean the Messiah. You mean Christ the King. So that's where we're going, but it's the same tent. It's just been passed down, do you understand?
1: Amen. And what was the warning that was given to them about uh, being in the cloud? Wasn't What did he tell Aaron about being in the cloud? How did he tell him he had to be dressed when he entered into that cloud?
0: Uh, there was even details given for uh, down to the stitch, what he better be wearing. And it's, its appearance, his entire attire, was meted out, John Tittle. Right. So
1: – when people get excited about being caught up into the clouds, you really need to do your cross-references and understand what that means because that's not—that's actually a terrifying thing. I mean, the nation of Israel, being a mountaintops away from the Lord when he touched down on Mount Sinai, they, they, told, they told Moses, you go up and talk with him. They didn't want anything to do with that.
0: Well, do you blame them?
1: No, I don't. Nor I. Nor I.
0: But we talk about the promise. You know, (laughs) it is good enough to me, it's good enough for me to know why I'm going to the Tabernacle of David. And I'm not going to be in the dark. I'm going to know... I mean, at this moment right now, I know exactly what's going to happen. I know exactly when it does happen. I've got some friends that, uh, well, work for institutions of higher learning that's going to go out and look up, and they may literally have a heart attack. I know how I'm going to get to this tent, who's going to prepare it, and everything. So I... I am excited to see why. And make no mistakes about it. Me and my family is going to have a long, have had multiple long, lengthy talks about what they're going to say when we're in that tent. (laughs) And I've never kept it a secret that if I can take one possession on Operation Eagle's Wings with me, it will be my duct tape. But we'll we'll figure that out here in a second. Uh, we haven't got that far yet.
1: Let me uh, put you on the spot a little bit with a question.
0: Um,
1: in verse 7, he mentions that Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf tender and good and gave it to a young man who prepared it quickly. Um, in my mind, my I'm, my remembrance is drawn to the lad that was uh, picking up the um the bow and the arrows uh, that Jonathan uh, wanted taken back to his father's house. And in the New Testament, I believe it's in the book of Mark, the the, the young man that uh, um, his cloak was removed to escape capture. Is that, is this the same, is this this same young man that's being mentioned here?
0: Prophetically? Yes. You're, you're talking about, well, uh, if we want to talk about this, uh, in a secular way uh, We would mention uh, Aquarius uh, Which represents Gynamed Which represents um, Well uh, Which represents In the Bible uh, What God calls the Moshe'in. Uh He certainly Intends to take them In this same exact window Of opportunity to do In an inverted fashion What you see here now The mythologies, uh, on the secular side of things, they give it the opposite. They say that uh, Gynamed becomes the cupbearer in heaven, i.e. he distills the water. You'll take note that the water jug is never mentioned here. It's never mentioned here because it's assumed this same lad would have had to have brought the prepared meat, and he so served Abraham, the angel's and the Lord our God. But in the heavens, you see him with the the pitcher in Aquarius. You also see him uh, with the older brother that serves him in the constellation of Gemini, the twins. Um, But yes, uh, you're expected to see that, and I wasn't going to mention it, because I was going to do what the Lord my God had done, and just not say anything about it, because it's obvious. But it's kind of like the Lord our God never said anything to Abraham, like, uh, boy, uh, I thought you were bringing me just pieces of leftover bread and some water. He never said that. He let it go. He let it go. So that's what I was going to do, but you are exactly correct um, in your reference there back to that uh which is, well, absolutely amazing in itself. But, well, Tim, uh, back to you. Um,
1: Chom, uh, that word can also be translated um, strength as well as heat. Is that uh, correct?
0: That That is correct. And in, in by way, it is the strength of the day. The strength of the day is when the sun is at its apex. Now, we're not talking about a time clock, ladies and gentlemen, which, which, which is the object, which is the chain around our neck. Now, the chain around our feet, are of course, is the currency systems. But the bigger chain is the clock. And you need to understand that noon is not 12 o'clock on your clock. Noon is when the sun reaches the apex in the heavens. And at that time, it is what? It's strongest, i.e., the hottest so in this sense, strength and heat are literally synonymous. doesn't matter if you're at the North Pole. It doesn't matter. The strength of the day, the hottest part of the day, even if it's negative 35 degrees, is at noon. Is at noon, so yes. Okay. Um,
1: there's a couple interesting uh, references uh, to that word. I'll just cover them uh, briefly. Uh, Isaiah 18. Where is this here? Isaiah 18:4. Hang on, just one second. Let me pull this up so we can take a look at it. Isaiah 18:4. For thus the Lord said to me, I will quietly look for my dwelling, like clear heat in sunshine, like a cloud of dew in the heat of harvest. This is in the Oracle of Cush, and I also have a reference here in revelation seventeen thirteen let's see here for these are of one mind, and they hand over their power and authority to the beast so in that in that case it's either power or authority that would be the uh, i guess it would be a power right. Would be the would be the word that's being translated yes power okay, and this particular chapter in revelation is all about the uh the uh, the beast and the prostitute
0: that is correct yes yep
1: interesting okay um see here is there anything else that we want to unpack here in this first stanza uh
0: it is well with my soul okay all right i'll uh
1: i'll i'll go ahead to uh, read the next stanza then
0: well i can i'll read it no problem okay uh i like reading it i mean i mean i know it but (laughs) today i've been having uh, trouble because i'm so tired is um I've been, there's been several times I was looking at the English, but I was actually reading in the Hebrew. My, my wife was stopped. Wait a minute, that's not what it said, because she was following in her Bible. No, 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 it didn't say that. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I was, I was reading in English, but thinking in Hebrew. But anyway, uh, I love this. So, uh, no, I shall read verse 9. Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, "There in the tent. He said, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. Sarah was past childbearing. Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I've become old, shall I pleasure my Lord, being an old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I indeed bear a child when I am so old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you at this time next year. And Sarah will have a son. Sarah denied it, however, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, No, but you did laugh. Ben, your comments.
1: It's a good thing that she was in that tent.
0: Well, I would certainly have to agree with you. (laughs) Uh, I would certainly have to agree with you. But uh, you'll have to take note that God is obviously pleased with what she says. Because uh, in the future time to come, uh, this is exactly what she says again. She says this very same thing again on a much, well, more grandiose scale, because it's inverted. Now, this is what's going to blow your mind. In the final time, this is inverted. As a pregnant woman approaches the time to give birth, she rises and cries out in her labor pains. Thus we were before you, O Lord. We were pregnant. We rise in labor We gave birth, as it seems, only to wind. We did not accomplish deliverance for the earth, nor were the inhabitants of the world born. Amen. Um, So this is the exact opposite. You understand? Sarah says, well, I can't bear any children. Well, in the final time, the woman says, not only that, I was pregnant and you took the baby. And as a matter of fact, you took him not to planet Earth. Uh, you took him somewhere else. So, uh, now we know why that event happened. Is going to happen. Uh, now we know why. But this is a perfect inversion of what he described in the apocalypse of Isaiah. A perfect inversion. Uh, so, uh, well, um, that's really all I have to say about that is a simple fact that uh I'm glad to know where the thought came from
1: well, I think it's it's interesting that the word for pleasure is the same word for uh the garden which they had been placed in the beginning
0: which is which is where he got his pleasure from. He would come when in the cool of the day and walk with them amen amen but you have to take note here the lord is greatly inconvenienced correct oh um by both you
1: could say both knuckleheads exactly
0: exactly at this point in time you're like man they're lucky they got out of this alive because they shouldn't
1: (laughs) you could say they were made for each other right
0: Now, you'll take note that I think the only reason why Sarah got away with thinking this... Now, now listen. Now, look. You better wake up. Sarah didn't say it. She thought it. And she wasn't even safe behind him. You caught that, right? Yeah. Okay. She was behind him, and she only thought it. And she should have died on the spot. Now, Abraham, <laughs> he was at least, you know, in front of him saying it with his mouth. So this second time, uh, uh, you know, look, <laughs> this defies all logic. At this point in time, there shouldn't even been a tent left or uh, cows to prepare or even bread. He should have obliterated the whole nine yards. I mean, but he doesn't.
1: Well, look. Let me me ask you a question, because uh, in seeking out the isochronal overlaps in this, it seems to me that this laughter is the equivalent of the exchange between Hannah and Eli um, on that fateful day when she was in the temple and prostrate before the Lord asking for a son. Mm -hmm. And it also um, reminds me of the events. Uh, in the New Testament when they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they believed them to be drunk
0: exactly well I'm just (laughs) I'm sorry I'm kind of dumbfounded that that, that's not common logic because uh, the woman was not born until that day of Pentecost I mean that's when the child was born that's when the woman came to you know into being okay we (laughs) okay this is what happened they're all gathered in the upper room waiting to be filled with the Holy Spirit correct well in this case Mm -hmm. uh, Sarah took a while waiting to be filled um, well I I don't mean to be uh, vulgar of course but uh, she was waiting to be filled with a pregnancy so, here we have it again, God upping the ante. Did you not understand that?
1: Amen. It's the same thing with Hannah.
0: <laughs> um, and it's like, he enjoys it, so he ups the ante every single time. Amen. I mean, every single, I mean, the. let's talk about the instance with Hannah. Okay? She was barren. Not due to age. Do you understand that? She mechanically could not have children, mechanically, okay? She never could. Do you understand that? So, once again, he's thinking about Sarah. I mean, we don't even know if this is what really happened. God just might have been hanging out on the throne, you know, listening to the angels sing, you know, got a couple of courses, and all of a sudden they sang the same exact course that they were singing when he had this exchange with Sarah. He probably started laughing, got a smile on his face. And, of course, while he's smiling... He can hear Hannah's prayer. I mean, for all you know, that's exactly what happened, what I just described. We don't know that. But this day, he enjoyed Sarah, and he remembered that event, and he said, man, we'll take this one step further. I never, never gave Hannah the stitches to produce a child. Let me say that again. Ladies and gentlemen, you are stitched together by the Lord your God in your mother's womb. He obviously knew that he had not included the stitches in Hannah's DNA strand that would enable her to produce children. So, obviously, he remembered Sarah, and he wanted to up the Annie. He wanted to up the game. He, he wanted to increase the celebration. So he did. Hannah at the... Okay, when did this happen? Okay, everything is beautiful. When, Ben? When is it beautiful? In its time. That's exactly why I was able to say everything I just just hypothesized about. In a beautiful time that the Lord remembered what he did with Sarah, at that beautiful moment in time when he remembered that, Hannah was in the temple praying. And this idiot was accusing her of being drunk. And <laughs> so he upped the annie, And, of course, he used this, oh, my goodness, for a great act of what? Well, I just read from the Apocalypse of Isaiah, we could not accomplish deliverance for the earth. Well, make no mistakes about it, uh, Hannah's child certainly accomplished a lot of deliverance for the earth. Amen, amen so it just...
1: well, to, to to the point Hannah's child is a picture of that thing that they give birth to it's we're talking about a picture of the hundred and forty four thousand and we already got a lot of cross references which which talked about that we We talked about uh the exchange between David and Micah um, that word for tent is used there in second Samuel's. Six seventeen, um, that whole exchange. When you, when you read that exchange, that is a type of what you see in Revelation seven and fourteen uh, for that description of of the of that male child. Um, and uh, of course, Hannah is a uh, provides us another. The first three chapters of the first book of Samuel are a picture of that exact same. Um, Description that you see in, in Revelation seven and fourteen, um, the hundred and forty four thousand is all over those two um, those two events, and of course the apocalypse of Isaiah. That's uh, Isaiah twenty six. What where is that you were reading from Isaiah
0: twenty six?
1: What what verse? 18. Eighteen. There you
0: go. But yeah. I mean, this is magnified uh, to Hezekiah. Uh, Because in this instance, you realize that, well, Sarah did not have the strength because it it plainly says she was old. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, go to uh, Isaiah chapter 37, uh, verse 3. They said to him, thus says Hezekiah, this day is a day of distress, rebuke, and rejection. For children have come to birth, and there is no strength to deliver. So, So, just more that you can... Grab onto there, Uh, but uh, you know Brian and I just did a WI2C radio on this. This also takes you right to Isaiah chapter uh, sixty-six, verse seven. Before she travailed, okay, before she travailed, she brought forth her pain, and it came. She gave birth to a boy. This is the man child. Verse eight: Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such thing? Can a land be born in one day? Can a nation be brought forth all at once? Uh huh. Yeah, 144,000 of them, as a matter of fact. And if you would have read the verses before that in Isaiah chapter 66, he would have told you when he does it. You don't have a he's not afraid of you. In the prior verse, he comes right out and tells you when he does it. He don't care, cause ain't nothing you can do about it. This is what's gonna happen. So, uh, and we could go on all night. Is the,
1: um, when he talks about the grievous wound that is suffered by the daughters of Zion, is that uh, a reference to being barren?
0: No, no, it's not. It's a reference to having your baby taken from you. I mean, the Lord Jesus didn't have a problem go ahead and giving you a little bit more information. He said, woe be unto pregnant women and nursing mothers. Because, uh, well, how did the soldiers target uh, the baby Jesus? Did he have front teeth? Oh, Lord have mercy. You all don't know that? Look, this is a simple historical fact. This, The soldiers did not go from house to house in the area of Bethlehem and asked the mothers if their babies were under too. They stuck their thumbs in their mouth, and if they had front teeth, they lived. And if they didn't have front teeth, guess what that meant? I'll tell you what it meant. It meant they were still breastfeeding. They had to be ripped away from their mother's breast. Now, any... uh, Well, uh, this... um, if any of you have studied the history of child rearing, you would know this. Everybody knows this. Um, but you know, well, since the '70s, this is being ceased from being taught. Just like, uh, well, it, you know, you know, it seems that the 1973 war uh, over the Temple Mount. Uh, You know, Brought everything to stark clarity Because that's when prayer was taken out of school That's when abortion Yada 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 But uh, before that time I mean all these things were common knowledge I mean you didn't have to go ask somebody Hey when do you stop breastfeeding I mean they'd look at you like you were stupid Which you know When they get their front teeth Or they'll bite you I mean not intentionally ladies and gentlemen But (laughs) Well Ben back to you
1: well to to your point uh how old was Samuel when he was taken or placed maybe is a better way to say it how old was Samuel when he was placed in the temple?
0: Oh Lord, have mercy when he was done breastfeeding amen i mean do or 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 do we have to get to the nitty gritty and read that with everybody as well I mean because which is all right, I mean we can. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you, you need to, you know, read that again. You seriously need to read that again. And, and I mean, God comes right out and tells you. He, he don't have a problem uh, telling you. And and it and it bothers me that 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 people don't know why this happened. Uh, I mean, look, look. If you're studying Bible prophecy and you don't know First Samuel, the very first chapter. And verse twenty three, I don't know what to tell you because you got no business reading Revelation if you haven't read this. It comes right out and tells you, "Remain until you have weaned him." That's exactly what the priest said to her. And in verse twenty four, what does it say? Now, when she had weaned him, so I, I'm not, you know, um, I, I mean there there is times with with the isochronal nature of the eschatology eschatology is absolutely detrimental for you to know everything that happened
1: the details is you started off talking about it the, the the details if you don't have the details you can't you can't know what's being talked about
0: well that's right and that's why i said that this generation has turned it upside down it's not that the devil's not in the details ladies and gentlemen The devil is nothing. And oh my goodness, I'm so sick and tired of people elevating him to something he is not. The Lord, he is God. And besides him, there is no other. There's just him. And there's just his will and what he wants. And that's what's going to happen. And everybody else is, well, just extras in his movie. Now, his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the star of that production. But he who sitteth upon the throne, it's his movie, and we're all just extras in it. So, what he did with that child in First Samuel chapter one, you need to know about, okay? Because the Lord certainly in uh, he oh he doesn't intend. I almost said the wrong thing. No, he is going to be brought up. To the house of the Lord in Shiloh, that is what's going to happen. He don't intend to do it. He is going to do it, and you don't have to like it. And the Lord your God, you know, just just said that. What Ben referenced. No, she's not going to like having her baby taken from her. But God's not going to ask her permission either. No. Now there is great, you know, there is great rejoicing. Uh, in heaven, no doubt about it. I mean, if anybody knows the chronology of the Book of Revelation, uh, what happens when there's great uh, rejoicing in heaven? Why does that happen? <laughs> well, because the same exact instance, the devil is cast out. Of course, these deliverers—man, I, I just read to you the verses. God come right out and told you that these deliverers—they go to heaven so yeah the woman's not too happy about it but guess what heaven is heaven's happy
1: if you have any doubt about that just look at a uh you know we just had christmas here yesterday and there was a six-month-old baby i mean the fights weren't about who got the last piece of cake or the ice cream the the fight was over who got that baby (laughs) everybody wanted that baby
0: (laughs) Amen. because it's natural Uh, This generation is – you know what? This generation cannot simply know what true joy is because, well, they have – well, let's talk about it again. Since 1970, they've been trained that a child takes money. It costs money to have a baby. So you don't want one. It's going to make your life worse. It's going to make your life terrible. It's going to be a great responsibility. So they never hold a newborn baby. But I'm here to tell you, as a matter of fact, you don't know what inner joy is until you hold that newborn baby. (laughs) Because if you think it's uh, drinking Jim Beam and snorting a line of Coke, and having sex with a whore? Oh my goodness, you have truly, truly paid yourself a disservice. You really have. Now, now look. <laughs> How many children do I have? That's right. From one wife. I don't know anybody else, and she don't know anybody else. We got married virgins. And I'm here to tell you... That I enjoy my wife on a routine basis, but make no mistakes about it. Both I and she will readily admit to you, man, there is nothing, there is no greater pleasure than to take that baby in your arms. And you can't help but smile. And if you don't know that, if somebody's lied to you and taught you that it's better to be able to get an expensive car than have a child, I just, well, I feel sorry for you. I I really, truly do. I I feel sorry for you because you you will never know. You'll never know. Ben? Amen.
1: They they come up with a new version of that car every year, but they have never improved upon a newborn baby. And to your point, um, he says this, all different sorts of ways. I referenced a minute ago, Second Samuel, um, Samuel six seventeen. 17. Um, but how about First um, Samuel 20, um, verse 40? And Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said to him, go and carry them into the city. The weapons in question were, of course, his bow and his arrows. Now, he told you in Psalms, 127 verse 4 that like arrows are in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. And if you're familiar with the scripture you would know that he literally just said that that boy was to carry the children back into the city. That city is a direct reference to Mount Zion or heaven or whatever you want to call it. I mean this this message uh about the 144,000 is everywhere in scripture when when you actually know what to look for you can't go you can't go through a chapter and not find it
0: no no I I, I'm sorry i I've just forgive me I've received one too many hate mails today but no you're absolutely wrong okay you don't need to know what to look for you need to remember what you've seen okay I'm here to tell you look I learned this the hard way. I didn't know what to look for, ladies and gentlemen, when I stumbled across... Uh, 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 well, we talk about Revelation 12 a lot. Uh, I didn't know what, what what to look for. No, No, that's a lie. I was not special in any way, shape, or form when I was seven years old. What I did was I remembered what I had already looked at. And that was... How many chapters have I mentioned tonight? Um, well, there's Psalms, Amos, uh, the Apocalypse of Isaiah. Well, well, we're in Genesis 18. Now, I don't know why the Holy Spirit just pricked me. And you know what? I really don't care. And I'll tell you why. I really don't want my my will to be done because I'm an idiot. Okay, I want God's will to be done. He knows what's best because well, he's done it before, and that's what he likes. So, you know, that phrase knowing what to look for, that's a lie. That's not what God says. You don't have to be a Samuel. Okay? You don't have to be a Samson. Okay? You don't have to be uh Peter or Paul or e- or any of the Marys. No, you don't have to be special. You don't have to know beforehand what to look for. No, you just need to remember what you've already looked at. If you can remember what you've already looked at, you're going to recognize it. Well, here we go again. Why? Let me ask this again. Why do you keep a picture of your wedding day, and why do you keep a picture of the first time you held the baby? Why? Why? Because you want to remember You want to recollect. You want to seize that moment in time. And if you would read the Bible, God's holy word, like it was that wedding picture, you would treat it, and your brain would become acclimated to keep everything it says in long-term memory data storage. Just like you protect what? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, where is those wedding pictures? They are secured in a photo album, if not on a shelf, up in a closet, in a box, making sure they're protected. Am I lying, Ben? Well, let me ask you this. Now, let's just go off the hip, all right? Where is your wedding pictures at?
1: Riddle me. In in the album.
0: (laughs) And do they come out? Uh, ben, do they ever come out of the photo album? Nope. And tell me, what would happen to your knuckles if you tried to take them out of the photo album? <laughs> now you know. I would.
1: <laughs> I'd look like someone who just got done with uh, 18 rounds with uh, Mike Tyson.
0: <laughs> and now you know why. I'm able to do everything I do with the Bible God's holy word because I was always trained was always trained that this is the not not, not an important book this was the word of God so in my mind this was always stored in protected backup storage long term memory do you understand me amen just like you're just like you naturally know better i'm not i'm not even going to attempt to pull this photo out of this photo out you understand it's 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 a natural mechanism you understand amen and i mean i try to relay that information to people that look you're obviously reading uh the bible like you read time magazine i mean that's so painfully obvious to me but but if you don't believe that in your heart, you're not going to know anything it says because you're not going to care to remember it. You're going to have your wedding day and not even bring a camera. Of course, we know what everybody what happens at a real wedding. Oh, you pay for a photographer. Top dollar. And on top of that, you tell the brothers, the sisters, the aunts, the uncles, the nieces and nephews, lotty, dotty, everybody that has a camera better bring it. Because we need this event secured. We need to make sure nothing happens to the photos. Am I lying, Ben? Oh, that's absolutely correct. How many people had cameras at your wedding? You don't even know. About everybody. Uh, Of course they did. (laughs) Yeah. And you were all in unison, weren't you? You were all thinking the exact same thing, even though you didn't have to tell it. Even though this wasn't discussed, everybody knew that, man... We need to make sure we get pictures of Ben and his wife and have them together and have one stand with the cake. Or... You know the routine, don't you? Yeah. Everybody knew it, and everybody got those pictures, didn't they? How many times did you have to pose alone and then pose with your dad and then pose with the sisters? And you had to do this like a hundred times because everybody had a camera, and they needed to make sure they got the right shots, right? Right. Now – Did it take a prophet to tell you what happened? No. Am I special in any way? Did I know what to look for? No. I just remembered what I looked at. Amen? Amen. So with that in mind, we're way over an hour, Ben. We're like at an hour and 20 now. (laughs) So, uh, do we want to continue or... Because I don't have a problem with continuing. I could do this all year long, as a matter of fact. We could just keep going. Uh, you know, we could just literally just stay right here. But, uh, you know, that's, that's up to you. This is your shindig.
1: Um, things are quite a bit more peaceful now than they were when we started. Uh, my wife had just gotten home, and my daughter had uh, picked it up uh, quite a few notches. So it's much more peaceful now than it was when we when we started for me But um, if we can certainly continue
0: Well then up um, the ante uh, You read then I read uh, the first eight Then I read the second eight So uh, you yeah. pick up uh, I think we're in verse 16 right Yep I mean yep. let's uh, let's see what happens Amen Amen now, now look
1: Then the men set out from there And they looked down towards Sodom And Abram went with them To set them on their way and the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham? What I'm about to do is seeing that Abraham shall surely become great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me, and if not, I will know.
0: Well, personally, I say we finish reading the whole thing.
1: The um, the, inter- the interceding? You want to go through? But
0: let's read all the way to the, the end.
1: All the way to the end?
0: Yeah, let's, okay. let's go ahead and read the whole thing.
1: Okay. So the men turned from there and went towards Sodom, but Abraham still stood before the Lord. Then Abraham drew near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you sweep away the place and not spare it for 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death, with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall, shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, if I find at Sodom 50 righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Abraham answered and said, behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the 50 righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. Again, he spoke to him and said, suppose 40 are found there. And he answered, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak. Suppose 30 are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. He said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 are found there. And he answered, For the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, O oh, not let the Lord be angry, and I will speak again but this once. Suppose 10 are found there. He answered, For the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place.
0: Wow. Um, that's good stuff. Um, but I take note um, – well, you know, I I, I take note of everything that's uh, mentioned here um, pertaining to the future when this happens again. Um, boy, you realize everything that's going to happen that it was uh, – well, here you actually find out what happens with Operation Eagle Swings you actually happen to understand the timing because the city was not obliterated until Abraham was finished talking so uh, we all have to understand that well this war that's going to take place you should all know by this exactly when uh, Operation Eagle's Wings is going to take place and why it can't happen before then I mean we know what the host were doing down in that valley As soon as this conversation was over So as soon as The Lord is finished Surveying the scene And you realize He just told you he was going to number everybody On his great day On the great day of he who sitteth upon the throne Ladies and gentlemen He comes down and surveys And he takes your count But anyway Of course we're told illicitly That, that um The angels try to go back up Jacob's ladder. There ensues war. So, of course, the angels, well, they're not God, and they can't be two places at once, and they can't be doing two different things at the same time either. So it's here you're told right out in the open uh, that Operation Eagle's Wings will happen as soon as that war is settled. Once it's settled, then you're taken ...to a place that's been prepared for you. But here you got the whole nine yards... ...and um, you'll take note how he... ...I mean, really, this is the a prophetic use of what is not spoken of by the angel in the book of Daniel. He does everything except, say, 45. Even though everybody knows that, well, you just said that this was going to occur after 1,290 days... But blessed are those who make it to the end of the 1,335 days. So he did everything he could to avoid stating it like it's stated here. And you'll take note <clears throat> that here Abraham switches it up. He says, suppose 50 are lacking 5. Will you destroy the whole city because of 5? 5. Abraham never said 45. Then God said what? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find 45. Did you catch that, Ben? Yeah. Amen. So, once again, the Lord is getting a kick out of Abraham. Because, uh, have you lost your mind? Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, what on earth did Abraham think he was doing trying to I mean, you realize he was interfering with what the Lord intended to do. I I, I mean, now look, you know, the Lord must have been sitting here wondering, why don't you just come out and say it? Why don't you plead for Lot and his family? Did you catch that? No. Abraham refused to think about himself. He was thinking about the righteous, wasn't he? Amen. Amen.
1: That's literally what he pointed, he said, "Will you, will you, you know, harm the righteous with the with the wicked?" That was literally how he said it.
0: And you realize that, ladies and gentlemen, were you not listening? Uh, <laughs> God said He was going to wipe them out. He didn't care. He was going to wipe them out. And Abraham, you know, stepped in and said, "Now, now, wait a minute." <laughs> now wait a minute Will you indeed sweep away The righteous with the wicked Now you'll take no God didn't answer him But you can just imagine The look on the Lord Abraham's God's face He immediately turned around and looked at him like Oh my goodness You just committed suicide But before the Lord said anything Abraham jumped in Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you indeed sweep it away if, uh, and not spare the place for the sake of 50 righteous who were in it? Did you catch that, Thames? That before he got, to, before the Lord replied to him, Abraham must have thought, oh crap, I'm dead. <laughs> um, and it amazes me how nobody remembers what happens that day. What, what, well, what happens that day, yeah, that, that's what I meant, but what happened that day past him? I mean, Abraham actually, uh, look, he was actually committing suicide. I mean, who are you to question the Lord? I mean, (laughs) Abraham came near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Now, we should have a reply from the Lord. You can imagine the look on his face, that dead stare. Yeah, yeah, that's what Abraham was getting. So Abraham hurried up and added this. Well, well, suppose there are you know, 50 righteous. Right. Now you realize it must have been a dead stare on the Lord's face because Abraham immediately, no, I better not mention my own kin. He didn't have a hint, but he got a clue real quick, didn't he, Ben?
1: Well, I find it interesting that there were a total of seven of these uh exchanges, and we talked last time about that word perfect, uh, Tom Mead, and we talked about it uh, uh, referencing or hinting at um, an intercession, um, interceding, Um, it calculates to 490, and um, you take seven from that 490, you're left with 70, and and we know that um, this is we know that it's as above as below, so this, this whole exchange isn't just about mankind. It's also about um, spiritual wickedness in high places, right?
0: Well, not that I want to talk about that, but it's also about those seven churches that are seven candlesticks. Right. And this represents seven groups. I have the wherewithal to no- – oh, for Pete's sakes. There can only be one candle, Right. Right. If you walk up to a menorah, you got to pick, but one of them's got to be number one, and one of them's got to be number two, right? Right. Okay. So right. how do you do that mathematically speaking, with and be able to d- differentiate between groups? You give them different proportions, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, if I have to spell it out for you, the first group or the first church, is called fifty. He comes right out and says it. Suppose there are fifty righteous. So the first group is fifty righteous, right? Yeah. That's the first candle. That's the first stick. You know, wh- however you want to say it. Uh, 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 you understand what I'm trying to say?
1: Yeah, I was I I wasn't going to
0: go there, but
1: uh, you, you did.
0: <laughs> um. Well, I'm. I'm sorry, I guess I didn't mean to lead where you did No, no i'm glad where you i'm didn't glad, want glad that to
1: go. You did i no 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 i I don't mean it that way i've just uh um i'm always um in the back of my mind uh trying to be sens- sensitive to not losing people um by by going off in different directions i tend to to do that, so forgive me listeners if if some of the, some of my um, comments have been out of order, I haven't intended to. Um, but
0: well, I'm the one that's at fault for that. You know, here let me clarify. You know, I brought out, of course, the the one group, which of course Abraham doesn't come out and he doesn't say 45. I said that. Well, you should know that right. part of this group is going to be prophetically referred to one of the churches. And the other group is going to represent who did come out of the uh, judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot and his. So that's one of these groups. So prophetically, they're going to be obscure. But in essence, you have the woman. She represents five of these churches in Revelation. Well, she, she represents all seven, okay? But prophetically he's gonna encode information into two of these churches for the male child and the rest of her children, or the younger brother and the older brother that serves the younger ladies and gentlemen and and, and so I'm sorry that sometimes you know to just just ignore ben's last comments that's that's me more than him uh You know, that's happened more than once today. Um, I just made a video. Of course, the first one to watch it was my wife. Oh, it's the first thing she says to me. Well, you lost me a couple of times, honey, but it it was good. Really? Well, I'm glad that you told me the truth before you decided to make me feel better. They should be in that order. You should tell me the truth and then try to make me feel better. That's exactly what she did naturally. She said, you know... (laughs) She told me the truth. Well, you lost me a couple of times because uh, I don't understand a whole lot about the Higgs boson, god particle, the firmament, and and supermassive black holes. I don't I – really I, I didn't know there was supposed to be a black hole, or is it a supermassive black hole at the center of the galaxy? And she's really looking at me. But she didn't realize that. I already heard what she said. She told me the truth. Well, you lost me a couple of times. Then she made me feel better, but it was a good video. I enjoyed it. and a lot of times I'm well I shoot ten people over you know ten feet over people's heads, but uh you know'm I'm, I'm grateful that you know Ben decided to bring that up that there's seven different groups here. Well, yes, of course they are, but you're not given a name for them. you're given an integer. You're, you're given an integer instead of a, a group right. name. Instead of group one and group two and group three, you're told, you know, 50, 45, 40, 30, you know. But he's expecting you to remember this this way he delivered the data to you. So everything you read about in Revelation, it's going to happen because right here, don't you realize that this is third time as a charm? Okay, I'll I'll help you remember, even though we just just pointed this out to everybody. (sighs) Time number one. Abraham comes out and says, hey, why don't you take a break and sit down? And then doesn't do what he says. He brings steak, fresh bread, and fresh water. Okay. Second time, Sarah laughs. This is the third time, and it's a charm. Nobody should have got away with treating God this way. Nobody. Nobody. I mean, have well, this, you ever...
1: This, this, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: Well, have you ever heard of the seraphim or the cherubim turn around and looking at God? Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I'm the one that usually does that. Ben? Well, I was just going to say that this, this, this chapter starts off...
1: Um, Talking about the um, the plains um, and the first time that's mentioned is of course the battle of the ten kings um, and the second time here uh, this whole exchange between Abraham and the Lord is it ends with the ten the ten horns or I'm sorry nine kings and and um, here we end up with the ten with the ten horns
0: well I'm just I'm just thankful Verse 33 is there myself As soon as he had finished Speaking to Abraham The Lord departed And Abraham returned to his place Baby I know exactly where I'm going I'm going to the promised land And that extends from sea To shining sea It extends from the north To the south To the east and to the west The whole nine yards Enter in The kingdom of heaven The whole planet Lock, stock and barrel Is going to be mine I will be returned to my proper place In the garden of God Amen Amen So yeah We're going to have all the things he told us about That is what we will have But As soon as the Lord's finished with this game With this shindig You and I We will be returned to our place
1: which is what happened the first time because that's you know Adam was not made in the garden he was made someplace and then he was placed
0: there and you would think that was common knowledge Ben you you would think that that, that part of the bible is forged in everybody's memory just like their wedding day you would think or at least I would think maybe everybody else would not think that but these are I mean you cannot get away with that. I mean, you say Adam, and and that memory instantly engages. He was placed in the garden. He was given dominion. I, I mean, there's certain things you can't take from me. I mean, I may get senile one of these days, and I may forget all these other details. But if you walk up to me when I'm senile, and you ask me where was he placed, I'll tell you. He was placed in the garden And what was he given? He was given dominion Yada 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 I mean there's some things you can't take from me Amen? Mm -hmm. Amen So What would you add to this Ben?
1: Um, Just that there's so much Here in this particular chapter I I, like I said I didn't get past the first uh, Four words Um, The oaks the tent, the heat of the day, um, the door. I mean, <laughs> um, we could spend the next six months on it. We don't have time to do that, but it's been a blast.
0: Man, I always have a blast with the old Biblio DC you see. Nothing's better. It really is my foundation. I mean, really. I mean, I don't have any thought. Uh, I mean, today I had to spend a whole lot of time talking about astrophysics. Uh, yesterday I spent a whole lot of time talking about wave dynamics. But all those thoughts and all those conversations uh, uh, stemmed from my memory of God's Word. And that, that's the truth. That's a fact. And I might want to tell everybody that uh, Doing a video series on uh, the Book of Asaph. I've had to stop. (laughs) I haven't got very far. (laughs) I think I'm on uh, three of the actual videos, but I've had to turn right around and make, I think, four supplementary videos. So I've only got three of the actual series, but uh, you can find that on According to the Scripture on YouTube, of course, if you'd like to go check it out. And then send me uh, hate mail, of course, uh, like everybody else does. I've been... uh, Uh, Today I've been uh, cursed out three times Uh, So um, If you'd like to do that Or uh, if you'd like to uh, Ask me questions or Desirous to have me provide more information For other questions you got It's according to the scripture At mail.com But you might want to go check that out But uh, you know I talked about Some of these very things today And people just don't understand that. That uh, well, the things that happened in Job, um, what what God talks about, how Orion is kept in place, and how the uh, Pleiades is kept in place. Well, um, I learned that in the Bible, God's holy word, before I went and searched it out in the Bible and or uh, in science. No, God told me those things first. Uh, that's how I did it. Uh, but He goes way out of His way uh, to describe this, and uh, you know, He says that the waters of the heavens become hard like stone; they they freeze. And uh, anyway, just uh, go check it out. I mean, He comes right out and tells you that's what keeps—that's how gravity works—is a frozen firmament. Is actually what it is. But uh, that's what creates and holds together the clods of dirt. Uh, he tells you that in uh, Job 38 uh, 38. Yeah, 38 38. Uh, he tells you in the waters of heaven. Uh, that's uh, verse 30 of that chapter. But anyway, I'm rambling on. Uh, all my thoughts, all my conversation stems from the foundation of the Bible, God's holy word. That's I mean, when I speak to you, it doesn't matter what I'm speaking to you about. That's my point of origin. So, I obviously had a blast. I mean, I'd rather do this than anything. Except, hold my newborn baby. But, of course, the Lord... Well, uh, I'm not saying he has stopped counting, but perhaps we're between questions. Um because um me and my wife has went for a time uh without children but hey so did leah amen
1: so did abram
0: oh, hey man so did abram but but leah um she had children then she stopped and then of course rachel had children so then leah got a handmaid and she had children then she had more children so maybe we're just in a i don't know Maybe we're between questions. I don't know. But, yeah, I'd rather talk about the Bible than anything except hold my newborn baby. So I had a blast, Ben. Um, your closing comments.
1: God bless everybody. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I apologize for some of the disruption in the beginning. I just had a lot going on around here. but uh, So I appreciate your patience. Um, but I had a blast and look forward to being with everybody next time.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen. Adventures in Isochronology signing off.